0: The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon.
1: Hi, Bridget. It's great to be with you today. Hi, Carolyn, thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Bridget Albert, you are one of the people who is a staff member for 350 Deschutes, and I've had a chance to see some of the information about you. You are the program and volunteer coordinator there, so I'd like to find out more about what you do and about yourself, too. Oh, well, great. Yes, you are correct. I am the
0: program and volunteer coordinator, which means I get to do a lot of different and interesting things every single day, which is really fun and it makes it exciting. So I do everything from recruiting volunteers and then, you know, talking to them and figuring out their skill set and where they would be best, you know, the best fit in our program, if it's helping with our website or being on one of our committees or helping with social media, whatever it may be. So I help get the volunteers involved and give them a job as we are, you know, predominantly a volunteer run organization. And then I also help with events and get sponsorships. We did a great event that I worked with the HDESD on last Friday, which was super fun. It was a clean energy job fair for middle schoolers. So I got folks who are involved in solar sustainability, electric vehicles to come and talk to students about their jobs and what they do, but how they got into a green collared career, because that's really important information in that kids from middle school, high school, college, everybody should know that there is a wealth of opportunities in green collared careers. And so that was a fun event. So yeah, I get my hands a little bit on everything, which
1: is exciting. Obviously, you've been doing this for a number of years, and it's one of those things that's been a major part of your life. It's just since
0: this February, but I was with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Oregon. I started with them back in 2001, and I was their volunteer recruiter, community outreach coordinator, very similar tasks that I am doing now. And the great thing is, is I'm still working to help youth, right? Because the youth are the ones that are really yes. going to suffer from our climate change issues. And so at one point, I was helping get mentors in the life of, of youth. And now I'm hopefully part of helping their climate.
1: Well, and one of the things that is a real focus for you and for 350 to choose right now is a program for trying to get electrification as a major innovation in Bend, in the Bend area. And so I am interested in finding out a lot about that because yes, electricity does seem to be the way to go, doesn't it? It certainly
0: does, yes. So basically we have put together a petition asking for three different things one is we're saying by 2025 to have all new buildings whether industrial commercial or residential be 100 percent electric so that's the first step the second would be by 2040 that 90 percent of all existing commercial industrial and residential buildings have electric space and water heating and then the third part is to create a just transition fund to foster equity and encourage access to clean energy and efficiency. So basically what we're saying is by 2025, you know, that all these new buildings that are being built, you know, will be using heat pumps instead of natural gas, which natural gas is a fossil fuel to heat and cool the properties, right? So the technology is already there. It is, this is not a leap. 2025 isn't like, oh my gosh, how are they going to get this done? It's all there. It's ready to stop using fossil fuels and to electrify. And then for folks, you know, for 2040, in terms of all existing commercial residential structures and all that to go towards full 90% electricity. Again, if you look at your furnace, if you, let's say you have a gas furnace or you have a gas water heater, air conditioner, whatever, there's a lifespan on these appliances. So we're saying by 2040 to replace them, with electric heat pumps, instead of using gas, you know, this can absolutely happen because we're talking a ways down the line and, you know, th- these appliances break down. So it's, this is totally a doable ask to help reduce Ben's greenhouse gas emissions.
1: So much that we hear these days is, of course, about how toxic any kind of gas product product is, or things that are fossil fuels. So tell us a little bit about the research that's been done on natural gas. Yeah,
0: well, again, natural gas is a fossil fuel, just like coal and oil. It's Mm -hmm. methane, powerful greenhouse gas that's 86 times the global warming has 86 times, sorry, the global warming potential of carbon dioxide, when burned, it releases carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, formaldehyde, and other pollutants, you know, which really can hurt children in particular, you know, that have asthma and whatnot. It's not good for any of us to breathe. So it's it's bad for the body. It's bad for the environment. The way we get the gas through fracking is also really destructive and dangerous. It, it releases harmful chemicals. There's just There's just nothing really good about it when we have this other alternative, again, this other alternative of using like electric heat pumps, the technology is here. You know, it's, this isn't in the future. It can happen right now.
1: And you mentioned asthma that in children, that if they have asthma, it's going to be bad, but I would guess that there probably was the potential that it would cause children to develop asthma if they're exposed to a lot of gas, the methane kind of gas.
0: Yeah. Children living in a home with gas cooking have a 42% increased risk of having current asthma, a 24% increased risk risk of lifetime asthma and an overall 32% increased risk of having current and lifetime asthma. So it is there. And you know, unfortunately a lot of our underserved communities are the ones that don't have you know access to cleaner energy. So that's something we're really working towards you know, to talk to multifamily home, you know, owners, property managers about switching out the gas and putting in heat pumps and using induction for cooking rather than gas and to help, especially with our kids. We just, we don't want them breathing this, you know, I mean, I have, I have two children. We, although we have two gas fireplaces in our house, they've been permanently turned off. We use an induction burner as often as we can. And you know cuz i don't want them i don't want them breathing this in you know when when there's alternatives
1: and and as you mentioned the fact that so many of the people who are affected by this greatly are the population of people who are less affluent, who have less Mm -hmm. of a capability to get that changed. And and of course, a lot of renters too, you can't dictate as a renter to somebody that they have to change these things. But you did mention a just transition in Mm -hmm. trying to do this. So explain a little bit about that too. Yeah.
0: So what, you know, what does a just transition, you know, kind of look like? Well, we feel that there are incentive programs and revenue streams that can be developed and paid for by other means. You know, we can work with the Bend City Council, the Environmental and Climate Committee, the City of Ben staff, and of course, experts to discuss these incentives and revenue streams. There's a growing trend right now in some governments where they are asking for 40% of spending to go towards advanced electrification in underserved communities, where the barriers are greater just like you said so we need to make sure that everyone has the same access to clean power
1: and creating a just transition fund can do that how would that fund be initiated would it be the state government that would do that
0: that's what we need to really sit down with our local governments and put together a plan it has to be it has to be a group effort to really figure out how that's going to work. Is it an incentive plan? Is it a plan where folks who choose you know, not to you know, electrify have to pay a certain stipend? You know, That kind of thing. That's something we need to really sit down with this group of intelligent people and experts and come up with a plan to make it work.
1: Yeah, I would think that the Bend City Council in particular wouldn't necessarily have access to the kind of funding that they could appropriate for something like that. So right. it does seem like it would take a much larger community of of maybe the whole state and a county. The county might not even be able to do much of anything to, to help with this, but it, it really is going to be an important component of be, people being able to start doing this switch.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the other great thing, Carolyn, that has been really fun to be involved in is I'm part of this group of all these different cities around Oregon and Washington and some in California as well. Who we're, we all have the same goal. We all have the same goal to electrify, to have, you know, fossil free Eugene, fossil free Bend, electrify Corvallis. You know, we we're all going in this exact same direction. So we're sharing our knowledge with each other on, OK, what has worked for you? in terms of creating a just transition fund. And so we communicate, not daily, but a lot (laughs) to talk about what has worked for one city, you know, because what worked in Berkeley may not work in Oregon, because California (laughs) and Oregon are different states, right? Right. You know, so, but again, it really is taking a village to make, to make this happen.
1: Right. And there's no reason to reinvent the wheel when there are people that are moving along this, this continuum already. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. One of the statistics that I saw is that 50% of electricity must come from renewable sources by 2040. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed, luckily, hydropower is, is one of the bigger ones, but that doesn't mean it's completely free of any fossil fuels used in it. And there's coal, natural gas and wind, I don't see anything on here about solar power.
0: Yeah, solar is getting a huge increase. I d- I don't remember the exact percentage at the time. I could definitely get back to you on that. But solar power plants are coming in hot. Not to be silly, yeah. um, but they are. I mean, they're popping up everywhere. You know, you drive to Redmond Airport. Wow, look at all those solar, you know, fields. You know, or going east of town and whatnot. So solar is making a huge impact, and it's going to be one of the major parts that's going to electra. El- allow us to electrify in a cleaner way, right? We're moving in the right direction. People will say to us, hey, you know, but what's, what's, the, what's the, the difference if, you know, you're using an electric heat pump, but your, your electricity is coming from coal? Well, we're changing that as a state, as a nation. We're moving forward with more clean power, including solar and wind, you know, and hydropower. So we're going in the right direction and that's what we need to do.
1: One of the things that I read somewhere a while back was that coal-powered stations have been pretty much mandated to be offline completely within a certain amount of time. I don't, I don't remember the statistics or the information right. accurately, but that is a great move for the whole state mm-hmm. to say, all right, we are not going to be using coal power for right. our electric generating systems
0: yeah. I mean, how amazing would that be? That would just change so much in terms of, you know, the, the amount of energy that we use with, between transportation and, you know, housing, commercial properties and whatnot. If we're not using coal and using more solar, wind, hydropower, I mean, what a big dent we're going to make in climate
1: change. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit too about your petition in the last few minutes that we have. I'd like to find out more how you are bringing this forward as, mm-hmm. as a group that's 350 to Shoots. What are you doing in order to get the word out for people in our communities?
0: So we have a, a committee called the Clean Power Bend Committee, and together this group with, with me as well are working towards spreading the word. So we're doing everything from you know, using social media to hanging flyers to going door to door talking to business owners about what it means to electrify. We are spreading the word in every single way we can. It's on our, you know, the petition is on our website. It's always on our social media. You know, a lot of peer to peer, letting folks know, friends, family members, you know, business friends, it doesn't matter. Just spreading the word in every way we can. We're, you know, trying to write some op eds. You name it, we're doing it to spread the word about this petition and and how important it is. You know, so I say to anybody who's interested in reading it, get on our website, check it out there. You know, if people want to do more, like, hey, I want to help spread this petition. Just click on the link to volunteer for 350 to Shoots and I will be giving them a call lickety splits because the the need is urgent. Like we need to make these changes now. And so, yes, I encourage everybody go to 350 org.
1: Oh, good. Thank you. I was going to ask you to share that so people could hear it and maybe write it down, 350 org. And Correct. they'll find that on your on your web page. Well, I happen to be on a on a mailing list that 350 to Shoots has because I like to keep track of what is going on there so I can talk with people like you, Bridget, and find out more so we can share this on the radio. You mentioned you have different outlets that you're using on social media. So besides your yes. web page, what is another way that you get the word out to people using social media?
0: Yes, we have Instagram and Facebook, which is just at 350 to shoots. Pretty simple. And right now on our Instagram page, the link to the petition is right there. Again, you, you can sign the petition as a Bend citizen. You do have to live in Bend to sign the petition. And then we have a separate petition for our business owners who live in Bend that they can sign as well. Both of those are found on the website, but then we also have them again on Instagram. And Facebook, we also
1: are active on Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. We are trying to get the word out there. How about next door? Do you ever post on the next door? I do. I do personally for my neighborhood. And then I encourage everybody in our,
0: you know, clean power bend committee to also post in next door as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, good. Representing 350 to shoots as a, as a good, as a committee that's working on this. Oh, I'm glad to hear that because there are people who don't use social media much, although I always see a lot of traffic on the next door site. Yeah. And so that would be a place where people could get caught up on on what is the plan for this. Good. Do you have a deadline for when you want this petition to be signed by? by people and is there a number that you have to have of signees before you can present this
0: there isn't a specific number our internal goal is by august we would like to be able to approach the Bend city council to have this discussion with them and you know so the more signatures we get obviously you know the more you know they're they're apt to listen you know to what we have to say So, yeah, it just, the more, the merrier, and specifically, again, those businesses who are in Bend who have been negatively impacted by climate change with, you know, wildfires, drought, all of it, you know, they, you know, their voice is very, very important. And young people, there's no age limit here. You know, my 15-year-old son signed this petition because he firmly believes in trying to change, you know, make a big change to our climate in a positive way. So. sure.
1: Yeah, anybody can sign it as long as they live in vent. Is there some way that you are approaching youth through your programs to help educate them about what this is about and, and them spreading the word as well through whatever channels they have?
0: Absolutely. We have a board member who's 17 years old who goes to Summit High School and he's super well connected with all the different environmental clubs in the different high schools. He has been instrumental in helping us spread the word, you know, at Summit, at Mountain View, at Bend High, you know, at Caldera. And we've also have several volunteers who are high school students who help go out and put up flyers, who, you know, walk around with the petition, you know, with me. So, yeah, I mean, we, we getting the youth involved is extremely important because this, this is a direct effect, has a direct effect on them.
1: Great. Well, it's been great to get to talk with you, Bridget. I'm so glad that your group is working so hard on this. And I wish you the best luck getting all those signatures. And looks like you are doing everything possible for this to become a reality. So I thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Carolyn. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.